Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 150 of On the Flank. I want your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, it is episode 150. We don't have anything like insanely special planned, but this is the beginning of our team previews here for the season five of Overwatch League, the 2022 season. Uh, and it is exciting. We're finally back with team previews. Joe, how are you feeling? I mean, we're like a month away from the season now, right? We're almost there. Oh yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's been it's been quite a quite a while. We didn't think we were gonna um, make it all the way this far, but um, but yes, yeah, it's just just a few more weeks just to you know hang on to to try to make it back to you know a competitive season. Um, uh, it's funny opening weekend um, is actually. Uh, it's like the weekend after my uh, final exams are done for this semester of classes. Oh wow! Uh, so so be, you know I can I can finish my finals and celebrate that, and then just spend a weekend on <laughs> on Overwatch League opening weekend. It's gonna be great. Yeah, that's a great way to celebrate, no doubt. <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of celebrations, uh, the Shanghai Dragons, of course, won the championship last year, and they get a skin because of that. And I believe like this was basically. Right after our last episode, they announced the skin. Uh, so it has been a while. You've probably seen the skin already, and if you haven't, um, it's like basically too late to get the skin right. Today's the last day. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> they they decided to give us no time. I mean, we could have done a podcast last week, I guess, but it would just be that, basically. Just be talking about that. Um, but yeah, the new skin's really cool. I got it. So... Um, yeah, I locked, had, locked onto Overwatch, even though I haven't played in a while, and I grabbed that. Oh yeah, yeah. Past me um, had been nice enough to save some uh, league tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I forget what I if there was something that came up that I didn't spend them on or what. Anyway, but so I had I happened to have actually the tokens for it, so I didn't have to pay any money. But I probably would have because yeah, it's a very nice skin. Yeah, I agree. I always I always snag the champion skins or like these limited edition ones, no doubt, because you're just like you're gonna regret it. I guess they do bring them back out of the vault because they did last year at some point. So maybe you'll, you'll probably have another chance to get this at some point, but it might be a while. Um, very exciting. Hopefully, we get to carry that thing over to Overwatch too, uh, because it's very nice. Um, it came with a patch. Uh, was there anything on the patch besides bug bug fixes here, Joe? Yeah, the definitely the the primary thing was for uh, uh, for the championship skin. Uh, there was a competitive six v six season um, that started. I assume is probably still going on. If I had to guess. Um, and the other significant part of this patch was uh, they officially removed uh, Horizon and Paris um, from. As I understand it, basically everything um, except for the arcade uh, and like the the workshop modes and whatever. Which is uh, so they're they're officially gone. They won't be in you know quick play rotation or anything like that. Yeah, I gotta say that's very nice because the only time I would play Overwatch was basically with a couple of my friends who only like to play quick play. So recently, I've just basically only been playing quick play, and having those maps back has been traumatizing to me. I've been like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is still in quick play!" Like, "Oh wow." Um, so yeah, I think that's <laughs> that decision should have been made a while ago, in my opinion. But glad it glad it's happened. Those two maps are a dead, uh, unless you go to arcade or 
or custom modes probably. So yeah. Wow. I, I can't believe they did it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we made it there finally. <laughs> Hopefully at some point, you know, further down the line, I mean, for all the, for all the, uh, two CP maps, but, um, you know, particularly for them, because we're thinking about them, um, you know, maybe we see some kind of reworks, maybe it becomes a, you know, a push map or something that would be, um, that, that would be cool. I think really, I mean, if they did that for, for all the maps, like what if there was like a version of Dorado that was like control map or something like that would be, yeah. that would be, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Cause they basically have done that. Like with, Dor- they've done that maybe with Dorado, but definitely with other maps where they like took them and like made little deathmatch maps or little uh, things on the side. I feel like they, it's true. Yeah. They could definitely like open up the map a little bit, do, do a different game mode on them. I think they should definitely reuse horizon because that's a super awesome concept in general is obviously playing on the moon paris is cool as well obviously but like i think horizon was still like redeem a redeemable map paris i think just from the get-go everyone was like this is just awfully designed as far as gameplay goes obviously beautifully designed uh, as far as art goes and how it looked yeah. but like paris from the get-go was like i don't know how you fix this <laughs> but horizon's still like i feel like you could have just tuned it a bit more but and the most the the biggest reason horizon sucked and paris sucked probably was 2cp in general though so i think those were that made it even harder to fix them um but yeah i i agree with you joe i think they should I think it'd be cool if they revisited them in Overwatch 2 or reused those places uh, and made the maps better. Yeah, because I mean, even, you know, uh, like you'd still have to design the, you know, geometry and whatever of the map, but like you could reuse all the assets. It would be, yeah. it'd be, be the easiest kind of thing to design, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be much quicker <laughs> than making a new map, probably for sure. So, yeah, I think they should do it. Um,. Up next, Overwatch 2 news since our last podcast, where, of course, we went over the initial announcement of the beta. Since then, they have done a little dev live stream that we didn't deem juicy enough to make a podcast about last week. Um, And a lot of people were upset that it wasn't juicy enough. There was no gameplay involved. It was kind of it was a live thing. Obviously, it was a live stream. Uh, and it was an hour long with Zoe, with uh, Aaron Keller, uh, John Spector was involved, um, and it was just them. I don't know, vaguely talking about things because they could, they not they couldn't reveal things. It's that they didn't want to in case they changed them. Um, so it was really the point of the live stream was really just like here's what how the alpha's going so far and here are like vaguely here are some changes that the pros say i mean i think a lot of people expected there to be some big reveals like doomfist new kit stuff like that uh there wasn't so i think there's a lot of disappointment uh surrounding this live stream um but honestly looking back at it like two weeks ago or whatever how long it's been now a week and a half like i i still like would have liked to have that last week to see how the beta's alpha is going to be honest like if they would have advertised it differently i think people would have been fine with it i was fine with it in the end just anything to get a behind the scenes look on this thing that we just cannot see at all because no one's allowed to tell us anything about it is great um and i i appreciate them coming out and at least saying some stuff even though they couldn't say everything 
and at least being transparent with us for the first time and uh in a while like i think that was definitely needed i think it definitely was not as well executed as it could have been um joe what what were your thoughts on the stream yeah yeah i'll give it that uh you know that it was a step that (laughs) that was taken um um you know it was it was an a visible a kind of a visible show of you know effort um which was good uh, as, as far as that goes uh but yeah we didn't actually get much um con- concrete from that because in fact and uh right that afternoon we don't uh we don't usually throw um like reddit leaks and stuff onto our uh onto our podcast rundown but yeah you mentioned you know we would we could have heard about the the doomfist rework excuse me or something um but yeah and in fact right that afternoon right before the live stream um there was something that leaked uh on reddit that claimed to be all the details of the orissa rework and the doomfist rework and all this stuff and so um my my you know initial thought was oh you know maybe that's going to be uh you know featured on this on this stream but no definitely not um it did, didn't work out that way but uh uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was something. Um, yeah, it, it is a good point about you know, considering that the the alpha and the alpha experience doesn't really mean anything um, to us right now as community members. I mean, that's it, it was good to have that kind of check in. But uh, 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 but yeah, basically the only concrete thing we got out of it was the uh, date for the launch of the first uh, beta period, which is going to be April twenty sixth. Yeah, which is less than a month away now. Um, nice we got that date, at least, I guess. We also got confirmation that Doomfist is a tank now. Uh, so that, it, that is official. Those are like the only two pieces of news we really got. Um, I, I guess we got some other bits of information, like the fact that they, will, that they have already deployed a new alpha patch. Um, that day of the stream they did, I imagine that they may have deployed another one. Um, and it seems like they're going to be actively balancing the alpha at least before the beta comes out on April 26th. And just talking about how in general, like they're actively listening to the pros and also the people playing the alpha to really change their game and make sure that it's um, fun to play. So uh, that's that's great to hear, obviously. Um but yeah, besides that, the stream didn't really have much. Um, if you, yeah, Joe mentioned that article about about the leaks. You can go find that online if you want. I don't have any reason to believe they aren't accurate because uh, I think it was Yiska, right, who wrote it, who is usually trustworthy, usually finds a good source. Um, yeah, I forget exactly what the circumstances were. And yeah, they're, yeah, basically someone leaked it. Someone involved in the game. Could have been a pro, could have been a family member it could have been like anyone like obviously like this is just pros so we don't know who it was someone leaked it um but yeah go read that it sounds really cool we'll talk about it when it's officially announced if that's the real thing but the arista changes sound awesome to me <laughs> she finally sounds fun oh yeah uh but yeah that's that's all i remember from the live stream it's been a while now but yeah there wasn't that much it was just overall i did like hearing them to actually talk about it but yeah i would have liked more for sure uh but i would be opposed to them just giving us another live stream updating us on how the balance is going or whatever i'm sure we will get the announcements on these reworks and stuff like that uh this month 
leading up to it because we did joe get last week our piece of news was finally seeing what the ping system looks like and how it will work in overwatch 2 which is obviously one of the things that was hyped up to be in this new april beta that we're all going to get brand new ping system which uh we greatly need ever since apex came out and like just revolutionized ping systems to be honest in video games like everyone has been dying for this to come to overwatch and it looks like we're we're basically getting that um and yeah i mean it's it's really cool you can sort of tag opponents um and show your teammates where where certain opponents are uh opponents could counter that though by using if you're reaper you could use shadow step wraith form you know if you're moira you can fade out and get rid of your tag um stuff like that it's really hard to describe these things which is why we're all glad they finally released an article with actual visuals um and how about you joe anything you noticed you thought was super cool in the spin system yeah, it's it's definitely intriguing. Um, the, the, yeah, the sort of you know pin it on the ground, um, pin it on you know the last place you saw somebody. Um, it's an interesting logic, and I I didn't really think much about much about it at the time, but then have uh, I forget where I saw it if it was on on Twitter or an article posted somewhere uh, where people were thinking particularly about um, Sombra and how um, she might fit into all this in terms of. Um, you know, being in stealth and being able to to tag enemies from stealth um, that otherwise the team uh, isn't able to see. Um, and then I th- believe that again, I don't have all the details, but um, there included some kind of like dev response. I think that was basically like, yes, uh, you know, that's that's definitely a possibility, and that's you know, um, it, th- that follows from the way we set this up. But um, what about that basically is different from the way Sombra works right now? Yeah. Um, just, you know, Sombra with a microphone. Um, and so I think part of the uh, part of their point, and in fact, you know, in this, this article that's talking about some of these changes, that's one of the points that it makes is talking about Blizzard saying every voice matters um, and, and, you know, it's, it's better to um, have a bunch of different ways to communicate, um, even for players who, you know, aren't in voice chat or you know, um, through whatever circumstances. Uh, and so that's at least some of the logic, um, behind some of these, some of these additions too. Yeah, exactly. They want to make it viable for people to play without microphones and they, yeah, they don't want, I mean, that's a huge thing in overwatch. You get yelled at for not being in voice chat and some people just don't want to be in it. You know, they just don't want to have to talk to people right now. They don't want to have to do that. This is a big improvement. And to Joe's point, like, yeah, Sombra's even more busted because in the ping system, you can only tag one of their heroes at once. But on the microphone, you can literally just shout where all of their heroes are. Um, So, yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter that much. That that was a weird controversy that came out of this that everyone was like, oh, my God, Sombra's going to be busted now. Like, what? Sombra's already <laughs> busted because of that. That was a big reason people played Sombra. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, new ping systems look, looks cool. Definitely check out the article on playoverwatch.com for that um, to see just how it looks um, because that's the best way. Me and Joe can't describe it perfectly, you know. Um, that's the best way to see it. Uh, but yeah, up next, before we get into team previews, we do have some Overwatch League uh, signing news. 
Uh, the first starts off with Boston Uprising with a signing that surprised a lot of people, including me. Um, it's It's All. Uh, who is a Korean main tank player. This is the reason why it surprised a lot of people, is because Boston Uprising already has two tanks, which is honestly more than a lot of teams. A lot of teams, for some reason, are going with the one tank. They're really confident in their one tank. Um, Boston Uprising, they were one of the teams that had two. Now they have three, and I don't know. Are they the only one that has three? I haven't gone through, but it looks like it just going through teams so far. Yeah, I would be surprised if there was more than like one other yeah uh, apparently Hong, the spark have has gushui Legia, and bernard um but i think that's it yep so joint joint they joined the hangzhou spark at being one of the only t- the only two teams with three tanks now a lot of people were like speculating that they're like oh my god everyone was like this is the first overwatch 2 signing this is the first signing based off of overwatch 2 knowledge and then, like, every Boston up, like, Punk immediately comes in and says, nope. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, no, we have not started scrimming at all. Like, ha- only half the teams in Boston. Like, this is, we have not been playing Overwatch 2 together. So everyone just, like, immediately shut that down. So this is just a signing purely based off of talent because uh, they obviously believe in this guy. They had him on Uprising Academy. He was on Gen G uh, in 2020 before that. Uh, so yeah, they were fans of Itzal, so they decided to bring him up, bring him up to the main roster, join uh, Marvel and uh, Punk on that tank line. What do you think about this signing, Joe? Yeah, it definitely makes for a good story. Uh, like you're talking about the you know the first Overwatch two uh, you know vision and, and change in how the team um, anticipates they're they're going to be working. But yeah, I think that uh, you know it's it's better to listen to the team on that one. Um, but yeah, just in terms of, of roster construction, it is um, it is a little surprising. You know, obviously, uh, only one of those tank players is ever going to be playing um, in any given map. Um, uh, and you know, I mean, um, uh, the, yeah, the, the structure is interesting. But you're right; they clearly, you know, with the experience that um, that Boston has with him, you know, on the uh, Uprising Academy um, and the the ways that they're anticipating, you know, things coming together. I mean, um, it, it's it's per- particularly I think because it's um, an unusual decision um, is almost you know gives it more weight about you know it's like well um, the, you know surely they've got some something in mind because otherwise they would uh, have gone with you know a more default kind of kind of setup. So yeah, I'm interested to see how that evolves um, as as Boston you know gets into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is like the most... So uh, this year, is, it's clear that the Uprising... Are, it, they're one of the teams willing to spend money. They usually go a little bit budget. But clearly, they're like have the one of the biggest rosters in the league this year. This is pretty nuts. Um, and I can't say I'm surprised because it's honestly because I left and some of my coworkers left <laughs> that they have more... Um, budget to put it into players. So oh, there you go. <laughs> upri- uprising so, fans, I guess you can give me credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say this, when they have when they have an amazing season, it's it's all because of you. Yeah, it's all because I left and gave them gave them the extra money. Here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk more about uprising next week. I think we're gonna preview them. So I believe so. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into get into them fully there. The shock, uh, God, insane. Um, but Super has decided to retire 
woke up to this news and oh my god I was or I didn't wake up this was like in the middle of the day I'm pretty sure but I just remember pulling my phone up and seeing this notification and just not believing it like out of nowhere such a weird time um, and of course everyone's heads immediately goes to go to like oh no like that means he hates Overwatch too um, which I don't think he's like denied really he hasn't been a lot he's still under NDA so he hasn't like he hasn't been able to talk about Overwatch 2, but he has definitely gone into detail on the reasons why, and he hasn't mentioned Overwatch 2 at all. Uh, but it's mainly just lack of pa- lack of passion for the game. Mentioning like mentioning basically how wins wouldn't excite him as much as they used to, but losses would still be as frustrating as they used to be. Um, so he just found himself getting more and more angry um, than he used to. Uh, a lot of mental issues because of that a lot of strain a lot of pressure on him because of that obviously the shock um not performing as well last year as they usually do so when that happens that the fans are after you a lot lot of stuff you can totally understand why someone will get burnt out especially like as the face of the shock basically the most popular player there uh that's a lot and basically as like a captain I know even Krusty came out in a tweet longer after saying he was basically the captain and the heart of that team. So as that, it's it's hard to be the heart of a team when you're not having as good of a year as you usually are or you're losing more often. Or overall, it's just like after you've won two championships, like it is probably hard to get excited about winning anymore, right? Like you've done it all twice now. Um, like winning's still fun, obviously, but it's not it's not going to give you that thrill it used to give you. Um, and I'm surprised honestly we should be surprised Super has like he did last this long you know he is such a popular streamer and he could have like I would not be surprised if he, if he becomes um, basically as pop as popular someone like XQC now that he goes full time streaming and has that time to, to put all that effort into streaming um, because he, he's super popular on Twitch and he I've been surprised he has lasted this long and hasn't just gone full-time streaming, which is a lot, you know, less stressful. And there's a lot less people criticizing you about wins and losses and stuff like that. So they're criticizing you for other reasons most of the time. But it's definitely a little bit less stressful to being on a team and in a team environment. So, I mean, this is a legend, you know. This is an Overwatch League legend. It's always going to hurt that he retired but i i can't say i don't i don't blame him you know like i when you're so popular that you you can stream full time like i feel like it's hard not to take that opportunity especially when you're when you're this stressed what do you what do you think about this news joe yeah no i think um <laughs> i think your your assessment there makes a lot of sense yeah based on uh you know he did put out a a short video through the uh through the san francisco shock uh, social media accounts to try to you know explain a little bit um, as well as just his own posts that he made but um, but yeah I mean um, it, and it's funny because it says his birthday too as I understand it so happy oh, birthday wow. super because uh, <laughs> he, he tweeted something about you know it's it's kind of kind of weird to you know go from that announcement yesterday and then and then have my birthday today but yeah. um, uh, but but yeah talk talk about a you know a face of the team a face of the league um um, I, I, it's um, I, I was hard pressed listening to you uh, to try to come up with the last time we had sort of eulogized somebody like that um, 
like you know babin for for like soon or for uh, i don't even know um but in terms of you know the their the effect that they've had on the league and the way that they'll be um uh, like noticeably concretely missed uh afterwards um yeah it's definitely bigger super yeah and he you know he was sure to say you know i won't be you know gone forever yeah i'm sure there's a illustrious streaming career in his future um but uh but yeah it definitely is an interesting perspective uh, i mean you talked about you know people being spooked about about how he hates overwatch too and that that doesn't necessarily have to be true but um it, it is telling i think um uh, and and could apply to to more than one player whether or not it um, leads to their you know full on retirement. But I, th I thought it was telling like you know big long off season after um, the, the conclusion of you know this Overwatch one season, um, and then you you know months and months and months later, and then you start practicing and it just doesn't quite hit the same anymore. Um, and and I, I wonder if that's not a uh, a common sentiment. Um, with with lots of these players, you know, and again to to varying degrees, but um, uh, it's definitely a definitely a you know a page turn in the 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 construction of the league and how things feel. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's tough, you know. <clears throat> I, I think you have big expectations going into an off season, and you could tell uh, he probably was feeling this all of last year, and he was like, okay, I'm gonna see what Overwatch Two is like, and. If it doesn't reinvigorate that love for the game, like, yeah, I, I, maybe it's time to move on. And it, it's it's going to be hard to reinvigorate the love for the game after so many years of of hard work in it, you know. So, yeah, maybe Orange Two just wasn't for him. Maybe he just he maybe he just knew it was time. I mean, I, I think he's got a great streaming career ahead of him. He's he's already stated he, he might be on a, a vast co-streams and stuff like that. So uh, we'll definitely see him involved around Overwatch League or watching Overwatch League and stuff like that. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, very sad to see Super go. Sad to see him go at this time specifically with like hype for the league finally coming up. And then it's like, boom. Uh, super is gone uh, and it's definitely sad to see so many people leaving I mean I guess it's not confirmed that all these casters we think are leaving are for sure gone but it's not looking great at this point because yeah I, I don't know what's going to happen with all of them and it's uh, yeah we'll, we'll see but it's just sad to see all these faces leave at this point um, especially with this new game coming out because I, I'm sure all these cat like Brennan Brennan and Sideshow are both super super hype about Overwatch 2 and are so excited for the, for the new game they just aren't being included because they can't get paid as much as they want to so yeah it's just rough um, yeah but, speaking about speaking of the uh, talent real quick um, yeah. since, since you brought them up uh, it was like a day or so ago the official Overwatch League Twitter um, and other their social media but I saw it first on Twitter um, made a post and uh, it had some kind of you know image breakdown thing on it, but the the caption they gave it was um, like new season, new talent or something. And I was like, oh snap! Is this going to be finally the, the talent announcement? No. We're going to figure out what the heck is going on. And then it was um, like a uh, like an anagrams of like rookie players. <laughs> they were like, see if you can figure out see if you can figure out who the 
the rookie is based on the jumbled up uh, name. And it was like, they tricked. And I'm like, they tricked that's, us. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's, that stinks. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get that announcement soon. I mean, we are a month out, so come on. It's time to tell us what's happening with that. Um, as well as like sponsor, I'm sure they're waiting on I'm sure it's not even finalized. Like, they, they still have to find sponsors for this year. If they can't find any, I imagine... Like, how I imagine it's going is, like, they're trying to find sponsors, which, of course, will give them more money for talent. So maybe they're waiting to see if they can get enough money to try to uh, sign these big names, like Brennan Sideshow. <coughs> um, maybe that's the situation. Maybe they have already found some, and they're just waiting to announce it. Who knows? Um, but all right, uh, they uh, San Francisco Shock has already replaced Super, so don't worry. They have a tank, um, and it's Kaluge. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, um, yeah. Former, um, I don't even know what he's former of really. Um, <laughs> uh, but so the the way I know, um, the way I know his name is from. Um, following Jane's streams a couple years ago back when Jane was an Overwatch coach and not a uh, crypto pusher because <laughs> um, he was involved in I, I thought he was involved in Canadian something but I guess not because uh, he is an American player but he's he was on uh, uh, GOATS back when like the original GOATS team uh, I spent some time on American Tornado uh, spent some time at uh, Maryville University actually uh, a couple months um in fact, since the beginning of this year, uh, and has now been been picked up by the shock. But yeah, he's been he's been around in the scene for for quite a while. Nice. Yeah, I, I looked up his uh, his Liquipedia page. Insanely long list of teams. Like, oh my god, and retired twice. <laughs> <laughs> so what a career for, for this guy. But yeah, I think most famously he's on goats. Uh, he's also famous for being a very controversial person, apparently. If you go to the Reddit post on him, there's a long list of like things he's been accused of that apparently isn't true, but also things he's been uh, accused of that is true and that has been confirmed to happen. Uh, but they were all back in like 2018, I think. So uh, he has a pretty clean record since. I trust the Shock as an organization. If they trust this guy and they trust Kaluge to be a changed person and not toxic. Um, and he's probably good. Um, or at least they have someone until they can find someone else, right? So, uh, I got this guy. Uh, he is their one tank player. And, yeah, uh, he's mainly off tank. Uh, Diva, Zarya, Sigma. So, not not Super's uh, hero pool. But, uh, I, in general, I think off tanks are more likely to be able to flex onto main tanks as well, if that's the meta. This could be the first Overwatch 2 signing. Maybe off-tanks are very prevalent as as the solo tank in Overwatch 2. Who knows? It's true. Um, all right. Two last <coughs> little uh, pieces of news here before we get into two previews. Uh, the first one was a bunch of confusing rebrands, basically, <laughs> where An Anbox has decided to rebrand... To, if you don't know what Ambox is, it's the company that owns the New York Excelsior. They have decided to take that NYXL name and rebrand to it. So Ambox is now called NYXL. 
Um, and they have taken that uh, that at on Twitter. So they have taken at NYXL and they have given uh, NYXL uh, at NYXelsior on Twitter now. Um, so that's basically almost nothing has changed as far as the branding <laughs> for New York Excelsior goes. Besides, their parent company is now also NYXL. Pretty yeah, much. and it you know it doesn't really affect the the, the <laughs> league viewer very much, but I just thought that was weird and notable. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, if you if you you know go on Twitter, you look it up at NYXL. It's like the parent company now. Um, that includes the the uh, Call of Duty League team, the New York Subliners as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, they, I don't blame you for thinking it's important because New York NY New York Excelsior also kept tweeting like it was very important, even though it's <laughs> it's true. The biggest piece of like non news ever. They kept tweeting like countdowns and stuff, and it's like this is nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's there's that news. Um, there was a contenders 2022 update. Um, and as far as that goes, I believe uh, they've officially announced that it will be on Overwatch 2. Uh, contenders will with Sojourn and it push all that. Um, but I believe it is going to be a little bit later here in the year. Or, or at least a bit later than Overwatch League. Uh, no start date announced, but it looks like they're going to be waiting, uh, waiting a little bit. Yeah, not a lot of details. Um, just enough to say that you know there is, there will be a contender season. Uh, they will be playing five v five. The reg- regions and prize pool haven't changed, um, but uh, and that it'll be more um, more open. Uh, how are they gonna? How do they describe it here? Uh, open registration formats like single and double elimination. Uh, putting closed league play on hold, it says. So, hmm. um, you know, that's uh, a nice addition too. Yeah, it looks like with a new game, they're going to sort of let more people in, I guess. Um, and yeah, that'll be nice to see. Uh, we'll update you with more info when that comes out. But that's it for our news this week. Here we are, getting in with our Season 5 Team Previews. If you haven't been with us for previous years on uh, Team Previews, we're basically going to do it a very similar way to how we did it before. This time around, as far as who we're going to be previewing each week, we're going to go in reverse order of the standings last year. Two North American, one APAC each week. We might change those numbers a little bit just to make sure we can fit everyone in. (coughs) Um... But yeah, this so that based off of that info, that means we're doing um, Guangzhou Charge, Vancouver, and London this week. Uh, you might notice we skipped the LA Valiant, who did get dead last. It's mainly because they don't have like a complete roster. They literally just dropped someone like yesterday or something, so their roster is even more incomplete. Um, so we're just going to wait for them to announce more signings and a complete team so we can preview them. Uh, but for each of those teams, we will go through players to watch. Um, how we think they will do in comparison to last year. What We'll give them an off-season grade based off of uh, the signings they made or the droppings they made or signing a new coach, stuff like that. Uh, this year's different because it's on Overwatch 2, so we will talk about how different we think these players or this team will look on that 5v5 as well. 
we won't be like ranking them or anything like that fully because at the end of all our team previews right before the season we will be giving you our power rankings Um, but we will be giving like vague sort of statements as to where we think they are i guess that's usually what we do Um, yeah it'll be like our our teasers for future episodes yeah, pretty much. Um, we we don't like have I don't have my power rankings written down, and even if I did, they would probably change a ton in the next month. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, let's let's go. Let's start off with the Guangzhou Charge, Joe, who last year had a very disappointing season, no doubt about that. Um, they ended up going um, five and eleven. Oof. Yeah, which is rough, <laughs> which is rough, especially considering they barely changed their roster from 2019, where they did pretty well. They won, they won a stage, didn't they? They won a countdown cup or something like that. Summer showdown, yeah, I think. or summer showdown, I think. Yeah, so in 2020 they did well. That was their best year as a franchise yet for the Guangzhou Charge. They came into 2021 and they had. Not much of a changed roster, to be honest. Besides losing um, people like Happy, who obviously is a huge piece of that. Uh, Shu, who's a bit on the downturn. Nero, who's also good. But they still had like that solid core of someone like Krong that added Kariv, who I thought was uh, going to be a good addition for them. Um, they still had like, people like Choice of Juan, who was still doing well. Rio, Eileen. Um, who has been a mainstay of this team since 2018. Uh, so, I, like, I didn't think Guangzhou Charge would fall as hard as they did, but they did, Joe. They really, really did. Uh, and here's the thing about the 2021, or the 2022 Guangzhou Charge, Joe. They're not that different once again. They've kept this, they've kept this core of four players that they have had uh, basically throughout the years, Choice Juan, who I mentioned they've had since 2020, Krong, who they've had since 2019, and then Rio and Eileen, who they've had since 2018. Uh, but they came in this offseason, they added Develop, DPS player, uh, they added two supports in Unique and Mali. Unique and Develop, of course, um, Unique, at least, I mean, uh, Contenders player, T1, used to be on Element Mystic. But then Develop and Molly both in the league, they sort of snatched Develop from that Shanghai Dragons DPS bench where Develop's never going to get a chance to play when he's playing behind those two DPS players. Uh, and then they grabbed Molly um, from... He used to be on Chengdu Hunters, but last year he was on Shanghai Dragons as well uh, on their bench. So grabbing two players from that Shanghai Dragons championship bench, not a bad idea, uh, especially... When those players are going to be like, yeah, I want to go to a new team because the Shanghai Dragons didn't drop anybody. I'm never going to play. So <laughs> ch- the the charge of taking that, take advantage of that. But here's the thing, Joe, you know, like this is still the same core of players, right? That went five and 11, went 17th overall in the league last year. You know, it, it's going to be tough, right? Let's, let's start the team preview though with um, players to watch. Um, Joe, who do you think maybe one of these older players that maybe someone like Krong, who we really expected to be the carry of this team, maybe one of these new players from Shanghai, um, younger players, right? Who do, who do who are you most looking forward to to watch on this charge team? Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of um, a lot of weight. I mean, 
Um, I, I think one of the stories we're going to be telling, you know, th- throughout the, all these next several weeks when we're talking about all these teams, um, is the way that um, going from six v six to five v five sort of necessitates a different um, a different way of thinking about uh, the team structure and, and the, the the pieces that get put together. Um, where like each individual person um, just by by necessity becomes that much more important um, to the to the team and to the strategies and to the uh, the the flow of, of how the match is going to go. Uh, and so, um, like I said, I think that's you know that's going to come up with basically every team we look at. But um, no less that's no less true with with Guangzhou here. Um, that yeah, when you're looking at for example. Um, the, you know your two support players in in Mali and Unique, uh, both of whom are new to this team. Um, I think that'll be my my response to the question here. Is, is yeah, thinking about uh, Mali and Unique uh, and, and seeing how they're they're able to hold up their end of the bargain here. But um, but, but just in general, that uh, yeah, the, each of the each of the starters, and so um, those two are notable because they're the only two players of their role right now on the roster. Um, but uh, but the 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 necessity of you know trying to make sure that people can hold their own um, is really all that much more important um, for for everybody once we hit this new season. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I, I think it's even more important for a team like Guangzhou Charge, where I think last year we kind of found out that like okay, maybe the old guard of the Guangzhou Charge isn't really going to be those the the players they can depend on to hold this team up. They will have to depend on some. Obviously, because Krong and Rio are their only tanks, you'll have to play at least one of those guys. But um, I, it was really when I watched Guangzhou Charge last year, it was Choice Zahuan, the player that I found most interesting to see and watch. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the same thing for me this year. I'm really f- looking forward to seeing what Develop can do. I'm my All my eyes are on Develop. I, I, I want to see what these new players can do. They're going to have to bring in a new tide for the Guangzhou charge here, for sure. Uh, I didn't mention who they ended up losing um, this offseason. Uh, it was Jihoon, MYK Lee, Kariv, and Mandu. All right, next up on the list of what to do, uh, team performance. Do we think this team has the potential to perform better than that 5-11, 17th place finish that the Guangzhou, Guangzhou charge had last year, Joe? Um I mean, that's pretty low expectations to have for a team, so you would hope so. They finished 7th last year in the East. 7th would be dead last next time around. That's true. Um, but, I mean, the East is still a tough division. What, what, what do you think? Do you think this team can perform better than they did last year? Yeah, that's that's definitely a good question. Um, and, and, yeah, with, when, you take out, um, when you take out New York from the East, um, uh, I think... Uh, it's less less of a factor for this team because I I anticipate that um, that, that New York probably would have you know um, that you know preseason on paper uh, um, come up come up on top most of the times um, over Guangzhou in particular but um, uh, but, but yeah I don't uh, I, I don't think that I see a lot of growth coming out of this roster. Um, which is is notable because obviously we're thinking about um, uh, th- th- there are there are lots of teams um, 
And this last season, definitely that did um, either take on uh, different shapes or better shapes or, uh, you, you know, making upgrades or um, just intentional um, intentional reworkings of, of the way that they're going to work in the face of Overwatch 2. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Your your overall assessment that I don't know, uh, I don't know that Guangzhou has uh, had many of those thoughts or taken many of those steps, uh, for better or for worse. Um, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess in in this assessment, um, not for very much better. Yeah, I agree with that pretty much, Joe. I <laughs> if I had to come out and say it, I would basically just say yeah, like. I could see this team doing worse, especially with someone like the LA Valiant, who obviously was dead last in the East last year, at least looking somewhat better than the roster they fielded last year. Um, Valiant is like a threat to take games off the charge this year. And I just, I personally, I'm puzzled by the charge not completely wiping this roster and trying to start new. Um, that's where I'm confused. I would not be surprised if this team does worse. It's hard for them not to. Uh, but I would also not be surprised if some of these players, new players, surprise me. Um, I, I've seen Molly play before. I don't think he's like anything too too impressive. But someone like developer unique come out and surprise me. I, I could see them being a little bit better, but like I think this team's ceiling is pretty low. Um, so I, they just did not. After such a bad year, they did not make enough change. They kept their same head coach um, in Sung Woo. Yeah, they just didn't do enough this offseason to to uh, validate me saying they can do better. So I think they're about the same or possibly worse if the LA Valiant surprises. So, um, all right, based off of all those all those uh, additions and the people who left this offseason, Joe, what grade would you give the Guangzhou Charge for their offseason? That's a good question. Um yeah, <laughs> grading this team. Yeah, I think you've got to see um, if you're if you're looking for a good grade. I think you know you've got to see uh, some of that year on year improvement. Uh, you've got to see, um, um, but I think an important part of the offseason for lots of these teams is going to be you know a a, a vision that has um, changed and been 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 molded by. Um, what's literally a new game that they're going to be competing with uh and i don't really see uh i, I don't see those effects uh on the guangzhou charge at this point um so, so i don't know i mean it's it's, it's not terrible i don't think they lost a, a, a piece that was uh super crucial to them necessarily in this this particular off season um so it's it's in that sense it's not uh um uh, not counting against them but uh uh, but yeah, I think I may go with. Yeah, I don't know. They get a they get a solid, you know, C plus. I think is <laughs> is uh, uh, fair enough for this roster. Yeah, I agree. I, I, well, yeah, it's hard not to give them credit because I do think the signings they made are interesting signings um, of players that like yeah are just sort of rotting on a very good team's bench who possibly could have talent. Um, and I trust they have ta enough talent at least to be signed by the Shanghai Dragons. So I, I, I do like their strategy and who they signed this offseason. Like I mentioned before, I just don't like their strategy and who they kept. These are like Krong and Eileen specifically and Rio, especially Rio. I think Rio has been underperforming a lot recently. Um, 
but Krong and Eileen, like they're big names who just didn't perform well at all last year. So it's it's just like, ah, do we really keep these guys for another year just because they're big names who were once so good and once for the reason this team was winning the summer showdown? Um, I do like that they kept choice of Juan. Uh, as far as people they dropped, definitely can drop all those. Like I don't think any of them performed particularly well last year or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on the C plus, Joe. I think there's some some good moments here, but in general, the direction they went here this off season was not drastic enough for my liking. After such a bad year with some players who are getting older here, who you know you don't necessarily seeing a bounce back from. So. Yeah, Guangzhou charge, a little bit confusing. This is the toughest part of each preview, in my opinion. It's uh, how do we think this team's going to look on Overwatch 2, a game that we have never played or and barely have seen, Joe. Um, I mean, I, I think to, to lead it off here, I guess I'll lead this one off and give you the second one here on this, Joe, since I, I forced you to lead off on every single one. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think the biggest thing we're going to be looking at is the tank position because that is the biggest change here, which, of course, will end up changing other roles. Everyone will be a lot different here. I think a lot of the talent in DPS is going to be needed. Uh, but you're going to have to look at these two tanks. You're going to have to look at their hero pools. Um, and you got Rio and Krong here, who I think are both very flexible players, to be honest. So, I, you know, you have Rio, who, you know, he can play all the main tanks. He's been seen playing all the main tanks. Uh, he does that very well. He's a, he's a ball player mainly, which I, I don't see a reason why ball won't be, honestly, in Overwatch 2. I think ball is fantastic for 5v5. Um, so I, I think Wrecking Ball... You know, having Rio there, I don't think he's the best wrecking ball player, but you have someone who mains wrecking ball, so that's good. Obviously, you got Krong, who's a huge Sigma player, great Diva player, stuff like that. Um, he happens to also like play Doomfist, which I guess he predicted the tank change of Doomfist, which is cool. Uh, so he happens to play a bit of Doomfist uh, before in the league. So that's great for them as well. So as far as flexibility goes, great. It, once again, it's just that these players are like kind of on the downtrend. That scares you the most. I think you have someone like Choice of Juan, though, who was clearly carrying the Guangzhou charge in his games when they were winning last year. In an Overwatch 2, where so far we have seen when a DPS is carrying, they can carry even harder than they were in Overwatch 1. I think having someone like Choice of Juan is kind of scary and i think people are i i think choice of one was not as consistent as you would want him to be in his rookie year but he had potential you saw that he was carrying some fights on tracer and with how good tracer probably is right now in overwatch 2 i think this is like the one situation where you could see guangzhou charge being good on 5v5 and loving this overwatch 2 change is choice of one is still just being just still wrecking on tracer um so I think overall, Guangzhou Charge could definitely benefit from this Overwatch 2 change. You have very flexible tanks, and you have someone like Choi Su Huan who, can, who has already proven he can carry on DPS. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, I think, again, um, I think that makes a lot of sense for, for Guangzhou in terms of, uh, you know, finding, finding something that works well for him um, uh, in the offseason. I think... Um, 
I think they're they're headed into uh, a, a division, uh, a, a group of teams here in the East. Um, that, that sure is is one lighter uh, there in New York, but I don't know how uh, I don't know how helpful that's going to be um, for for Guangzhou as far as that goes. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, these these kinds of um, this kind of prediction is hard. Yeah, particularly you know before. Um, uh, you know, even before the beta starts, like even if even if you and I are uh, neither of us actually get beta access, even just being able to see some of this is going to be a lot more helpful. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's it, they've got to be able to um, uh, lean into um, what they're what they're good at and what the 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 benefits there are. I, I definitely um, I definitely agree with that assessment, and so that that's definitely going to be the. Uh, the the key to victory, you know, lean into, uh, lean into your strengths, lean into your uh, nutrient shakes, um, and and get out there and and, and do something with it. <laughs> nice, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the Guangzhou charge for you right there. Um, hopefully, they'll bring a better performance this year. I I really liked when they were good and bring some more competition to the East. So, hopefully, they do. Let's move on to the Vancouver Titans, who did completely wipe their roster and again, but uh, they absolutely should have because their last team was awful. Probably their worst iteration, and that's saying something because they've had they've had pretty bad iterations here since they lost <laughs> uh, lost those runaway players, of course. All right, uh, yeah, last year, if you weren't paying attention, the Vancouver Titans did not do well. They finished even worse than the Guangzhou Charge, finishing 19th in the league, um, only worse than the Los Angeles, or only better than the Los Angeles Valiant, uh, going 1-15. and 15. Ugh. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that is really tough. Uh, I think the only team they beat was Boston. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they beat Boston. That was it. Uh, the Vancouver Titans, though, completely wiped their team this offseason. They ended up dropping Shredlock, Dalton, Rolf, Teru, Chunk, Sickfire, Fried, Wiener, Linkser. All of them gone. Uh, even the players that have potential, like Teru and Chansik, uh, I don't blame them. I don't think they really did have that much potential. And most people were just saying that probably because they were the only Koreans on the team. Um, but it also makes sense because they ended up going with like uh, a pretty heavy European slash. These players are from all over the place. Um, they do have one Korean still as well, actually. So they picked up Aspire, Shockwave, False. Masa, Aztec, uh, Psycho, and Scaripa. Um, so uh, you got some familiar names in there, of course. Shockwave making his return to the Vancouver Titans uh, after his uh, play on the Philadelphia Fusion last year. I uh, still think he did pretty well, but uh, glad to see him back on the Vancouver Titans. That's exciting for them. Uh, and of course, you got a player like Aspire who came onto the Toronto Defiant last year and looked really good. Um, so yeah, uh, some some good names here. Uh, let's I'm naming players, Joe. Why don't you give me your player to watch uh, the Vancouver Titans this year? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Because um, because yes, this uh, I think is 
you know, we'll contrast from from Guangzhou, which is the only other team we've talked about. But I, I am I'm definitely more of a fan um, uh, of this Vancouver rebuild than the than the uh, uh, Guangzhou uh, the Guangzhou maintenance uh, is going to be their new mascot. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah that, that that's it's definitely good things. Um, it, it's good to see uh, not only the 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 uh, new players, but some of the some of the best that they they that they hung on to. Um, and I know I was saying that you know preseason, um, I was saying that preseason about Vancouver last season, um, and that didn't really work out for them too well. But uh, but hanging on to uh, players like Massa, uh, hanging on to Shockwave, uh, keeping them in the league. Um, um, and but, but I think in particular the the player I'm gonna uh, highlight here is gonna be Aspire uh, on the DPS role, uh, and just considering how um, just straight up valuable he was to uh, Toronto last season, um, uh, you you know you maintain the the Canadian allegiance uh, allegiance and all that, but um, but um, just the way when he came in sort of mid season um, and and was able to really revamp that DPS line. Um, I want to see I want to see Aspire and Shockwave really both of them. I mean they're 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 going to be solid, um, and I want to see what they can do with um, <laughs> this this franchise that this is just a crazy franchise um, <laughs> and and all of its history. But um, to see to see how this um, I'm excited to see how this this new roster evolves. Yeah, they definitely have more potential promise for me uh, than last year's roster. That's for sure. I still think it could end up as like a mishmash of players that just doesn't work out, which is usually what happens with the Titans and even the Toronto Defiant, to be honest. Like both these Canadian teams seem to have the same strategy each year of like fully rebuilding the roster with a mishmash of older players and new players. And uh, both of them usually find like really good DPS talent. and Shockwave and Aspire are those two, right? Aspire last year, the Toronto Defiant randomly found him, and he ended up being really good and one of the best players on the team. Shockwave, two years ago, uh, right after the Titans had to drop Runaway, he was like the one good player on that team that uh, everyone was super impressed with. So uh, it's great that the Titans have taken both those two talent uh, and they're keeping a boat this time around. I'm also going to look at Shockwave. Um, and I, I'm going to say he's definitely my player to watch. I think last year he kind of fell into a puddle of talent on the Philadelphia Fusion where he didn't have as much of a chance to carry as he did back when he was on the Titans because everyone on that team just had a lot more talent. I think he's back in a situation where he is, like, in my opinion, the clear like best player here um, unless, one of the, unless someone like False or Scaripa or, or some one of these new contenders players really steps up. I, I really think Shockwave has the potential once again to be that carry that he was his first time around on the Titans. So especially with Overwatch two as well. So I, I'm looking at him. I'm going to see if he can uh, bounce back to that role he used to be in on the Titans before. Uh, that really got everyone excited about him in the first place. So um, all right, team performance. <laughs> This is like even harder to say a team will do worse. Um, it was hard to say a team will do worse than five and eleven. Very hard to say a team will do do worse than one and fifteen. And I'm sure once we do the Valiant preview, it'll be very hard to say a team could do worse than zero and sixteen. Uh, but Joe, better or worse than last year for the Vancouver Titans at 
at 1 in 15. Yeah, uh, and and part of it, I've got to, uh, you know, scroll through the the other North American teams in my head and see um, how that evolves. Because I believe the idea is um, uh, they're gonna they're gonna play everybody in North America twice uh, over the over the season. Uh, so yeah, for that matter, you know, if nothing else, uh, the LA Valiant um, uh, can do they absolutely can do worse than oh and sixteen or whatever because they're gonna have. Um, um, yeah, 24 so. games they can, this season. So. They can go 0 and 24. That's true. <laughs> but you would hope they would win it with more games. You would hope they would just win one, right? No, and then that's, that's true. That's a better season, right there. It's true. Just one win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I um, like like I said. So I'd have to sit down and, and compare to some of these other North American rosters. But I really do. Uh, I sort of gave it away. But I, I do like the way um, uh, Vancouver's changes some some stuff up here. Um, you, you know, you're going with the the extremely broad um, kind of multicultural roster, and so there's there's some some risks with that. Um, you know, in terms of uh, team building and and uh, you know working together and that sort of thing. But but uh, we, I think we're looking here in particular at um, at your your DPS core, or at least I am, uh, and and you know to to the extent that um, that they'll be able to to drive a game still uh, Overwatch two. I don't know why that um, won't necessarily be be changed or reduced. Um, uh, but but and even with the other players around them, I think excuse me, it's definitely going to be uh, a, a positive change for them. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Joe. I, I think this is not a 1-15 in 15 team. This is not a team that is just week in and week out, not competing with everybody. I think this is a roster built to actually start competing with some teams. Um, I don't think they're going to be insanely good or insanely much better, but I do think they will be able to take some more games off of some of these lower table teams here in NA. Um so I definitely think they will at least be more competitive than last year and do better than one in fifteen. Um, I, I I definitely like uh, this is one of my favorite uh, iterations of the Titans in recent years for sure. Um, still think they could have done better, but I like the potential they have. Um, off season grade, Joe. What off season grade would you give them? Yeah, this is uh, like I said, solid changes. Um, I. Uh, if you remember from from past off seasons, I don't give uh, I don't give very many A's. Uh, this, this team I don't think will get one of those uh, for for this off season. But th- that doesn't um, th- th- that you know shouldn't at all imply that um, um, th- th- that I think there's um, very many bad things here. I mean, um, yeah, some of the, some of the big names that they lost um, over the off season, but. Um, you know, again, given the performance, you know, nothing that's, um, I think, going to be 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 world shattering for them. Um, and in the meantime, you you've got um, clearly a very very intentionally constructed roster. I mean, um, even you know down to the the uh, uh, announcements that that got made and how uh, how they uh, and how they made them. Um, but yes, so that to say, I think definitely, definitely a solid B roster. Uh, I think is the the assess- assessment I would give here. Um, maybe a B plus. I'd have to <laughs> come back to it and see if I <laughs> see if, see if I uh, uh, you know bump them up a little bit. Um, 
compared to some of these other North American rosters. But yes, I, I, I definitely, um, I, I'm definitely a fan of, of the way this is looking. Yeah, I'll give them a B minus here. I think, I definitely think this is a better strategy. I mean, you even just take a look at the roster they constructed last year, and you see like the difference in the type of player they were going for this year. They last year was just so confusing as to why they were taking some of these players to be out. Like Linkser hadn't been good since season one, to be honest. He was consistent, but he he hadn't been like insanely good. You had someone like Fried Wiener who. Just honestly, like he's great. He's a great dude. Obviously, I like him a lot. Brings great energy, but he never showed anything. Fire couldn't play at all on the Atlanta Rain. It was just so confusing who they were taking here. Um, whereas this year, it's like okay, they are choosing players that definitely have potential. They're choosing someone like Aspire, who impressed a ton last year. Choosing someone like Shockwave, who I think is really good. Um, and then they're choosing, it's get, taking Masa, who did really well on the Atlanta Rain last year. They actually got a starter from the Atlanta Rain instead of two bench players like they did last year. Um, and then they got all the new talent. They got like False and Psycho, and they're all on like very good contenders teams um, and are very promising talent. So they are not taking people who are like basically rotting corpses, in my opinion. Um, this year they are legitimately taking players who are like have the potential to be good this year so I, I think they their scouting team or whoever's picking up these people like they did well they did better than they usually do for sure b minus <laughs> from me all right how about this team on overwatch 2 joe obviously it's going to be even harder with these contenders players we've never seen play uh, but we do have players we have seen play before like masa uh shockwave aspire who, who what do you what do you think this team will look like on overwatch 2 yeah, I think um, the again talking about you know as sort of the the game condenses a little bit um, the, into some of these players, I think a lot more uh, a lot more weight is gonna fall onto uh, the shoulders of players like False uh, again the the only tank player signed to this roster currently, um, uh, so that's gonna be uh, uh, one of my one of my main concerns I think uh, as far as being really a linchpin for the team in a way that. Uh, you, I mean, in a way that tank players have been, but uh, but to a to a unique degree, to maybe a more severe degree than usual, um, uh, and and that's that's definitely exciting to see. Um, uh, it doesn't really answer the question, I suppose, but uh, <laughs> but um, the you know are they are, how are they going to handle? It? I think they're going to handle it okay. Um, uh, definitely, these are. Um, uh, players that are going to be able to do well um, uh, individually as the game becomes more individual, um, and you know, hopefully with the uh, right amount of practice and and um, uh, you, you know, uh, running stuff together, I think that'll be uh, that, that'll come more naturally to them uh, to work in you know as a as a unit too. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's. The easiest piece of Overwatch 2 analysis you can make is, like, just look at the number of tanks they have, right? And complain immediately. Like, someone who has one tank, you definitely should immediately be scared for because you're just like, I I have no clue. Like, that feels like the most obvious thing is, like, one person can't cover all of that, right? You're, You're extremely limiting your team because False, while I imagine is a good player... I don't imagine False can learn to master like 
eight heroes or however many it's going to be with Doomfist added. I don't even know how many tanks are in the game right now. Is there six or seven? Uh, heroes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, tank heroes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it, now with Doom, Doom there's Fist. another one. Plus yeah. Doomfist, there's another added one. And then probably, like, in the middle of the season, who knows, they're either going to add a tank or a support, right? Whatever they've been working on. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to say, like, yeah, they could depend all on false this year for all those heroes. Like, that's that's rough, right? That's probably my biggest downside of this team, or any team that just has one tank. Um, maybe I'll be proved. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but right now it definitely seems like okay. You're gonna have less. Your team's not gonna be as flexible to play as many comps as you want because this this person's gonna be stuck on like Diva or Sigmar, or who, you know, the ones he's good at. So. Uh, that's my biggest complaint, but besides that, like like I said with Guangzhou Charge, Shockwave, extreme carry DPS when he was on the Vancouver Titans last time. In Overwatch 2, you can carry really hard on DPS. Shockwave, we already know, is really good at that. Same with Aspire, to be honest. Both of these DPS players, really good in those carry moments and can just take over the game. I think that's where the Vancouver Titans can shine as well. Um, so, but, but yeah, the biggest complaint is obviously tank. They have three supports, which is great. Um, and three DPS, which is great. Just one tank. That's, that might hurt a bit. Um, but who knows, but maybe they send one of their support players to play tank, Joe, you know, anything could happen, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the Vancouver Titans. Seems like both me and Joe are more impressed than usual with the Titans off season. Uh, I'm a little more concerned. I I hope they could perform better, but I, I think Joe likes their team. I, I think overall, like, yeah, they had. Uh, this is the one year maybe they actually have some promise since they dropped that runaway roster. Um, all right, last team here is the London Spitfire, who were in NA last year. I think they also went one and fifteen actually, um, and I believe they played. Um, they played uh, that that uh, game against Vancouver at the end of the season, actually, right to get that one win, if I remember correctly. That yeah, that was right, the one yeah. win of the season. Yeah, um, so that's fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously that was a European roster that um, you know didn't didn't work out as well as they would want it to. They did end up keeping uh, keeping. Two, I guess they had Hottie on their team. Did they have Hottie on their team at some point? I think they did. Yeah, so they kept they kept three, right? Uh, they kept three players. Yeah. I think they may have just they may have just dropped Hottie and brought him back. That's why it says he joined on November third. Yeah. Um, so they kept three players in Sparker, Shacks, and Hottie. They ended up dropping uh, Ripa, Kellex, Mulfig, um, Hybrid, Blase. So. Yeah, a lot of players from last year. Obviously, their team wasn't great, but in my opinion, I think they kept their three most exciting players. That's for sure. Uh, and adding to those three players were Backbone, Provide, Admiral, and then Poco. The most ex- most surprising, <laughs> one of the most surprising signings of the off season. Let's be honest here. So, um, yeah, this is a team of seven: two tanks, three DPS, two supports. Uh, on this London Spitfire team that didn't do too well last year. What players are you most looking forward to watching here, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, on the one hand, that's a 
that's an easy question. Um, speaking as a uh, former Philly Fusion fan, uh, Poco got shafted all season <laughs> for lots of reasons outside his control, as I understand it. Um, but uh, it's going to be great to see him back um, uh, back in the lead. But unfortunately, now he'll have to uh, compete a little bit uh, for his uh, for his spot. That, that's not guaranteed, you know, with just the one tank player. Um, I, I imagine. Uh, based on his hero pool, his his use may be a little bit more situa excuse me, a little bit more situational. But again, with you know the change in the tank role, uh, I guess anything can happen. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I think that's got to be my my answer here. Uh, hell yeah, that's a great answer. I'm also got I also have my eyes on Poco, but that my eyes are on Sparker. To be honest, in his first full year with the London Spitfire, of course he started maybe halfway or a, a little bit more than halfway through last year and immediately made an impact on this team not big enough of an impact though to get them wins obviously but a big enough of an impact where they almost pulled off an upset against the san francisco shock in his first game with them um this guy is clearly like a huge he was a huge talent coming into this team on the british uh british hurricane um and yeah, he's just a super talented DPS player. So I, I'm excited to see him in his first full year with a new roster around him of um, other European talent. Uh, so, yeah, my eyes are on Sparker again. Um, as far as team performance go, this is another situation like Vancouver where they went 1-15 last year, right? They can't they can't be that bad again, right? Uh, so, Joe, what do, you, what do you think? Is this team better or worse than last year based off this roster? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say, honestly. Uh, I was, you know, uh, we, we were pretty positive, I believe, uh, as the season went on about about London, at least relatively so, um, in terms of, you know, the, I don't think there was, um, the, you know, the, I'll say this and then it'll be, you know, smash cut to uh, all the times I just... Uh, um, contradicted myself, but but I mean I don't think there was I don't think there were a lot of situations in which uh, we really lost uh, uh, all hope for the London Spitfire last season um, the way we did for other teams. Um, uh, it, I mean you know I think that's there's value there. Um, you're still looking at the you know the core European uh, kind of structure, which um, again is sort of just leaned into it uh, from last season. Um, uh, which which can be you know a plus or minus, but uh, uh, but, but yeah, it's I I don't anticipate they're going to be you know sort of rocketing up to uh, to anything necessarily uh, in North America, but um, but probably probably to hold their own. Uh, this may be um, and again with without having um, taken the time before we sat down to record, and and I probably should have uh, to to explicitly you know. Um, um, lay stuff out at least for for North America a little bit to see where some of these teams are. Um, I, I I don't anticipate that that London is going to be, um, or really that any team in North America is going to be so much of an outlier um, this season. I is my is my my suspicion. Yeah, um, I, I'm a, I'm in agreement. I think I should point this out because I think. In my opinion, this is the biggest reason why I would give London um, a chance to be better than they were last year for sure, and it's that they have Christopher as their new head coach this year. That was another one of their signings, I guess. 
um, who of course was with the Philadelphia Fusion as a coach before, um, and Fusion University before that. So, yeah, I, I just hear, of course, last year we had Fusions on the team. We had some uh, European coaches who just speak so highly of this guy, speak so highly of Christopher. I think he's just a great coach, a great guy overall. Um, and when I hear that from across the scene uh, on someone like Fusions who someone like Fusions who has no reason I mean I guess he is from London so he probably does root for the London Spitfire but it got him excited to for this team next year I'll tr- I'll trust him and I'll trust these other European players I've heard say that he's just a great dude in saying like yeah I think he him helming this roster this year could be a, just a huge change um, for these players especially these three players like Sparker, Shaxx, Hottie um, who had good years last year but like obviously might not be in a great mental space after going one and 15 help help them help them make this feel like a, a new experience uh, alongside these new four players who definitely all have promise backbone provide an admiral so uh yeah i'm excited for for this new coach and this new uh london spitfire team that i think can be able to compete this year and is uh looking like a great uh european roster this time around uh last time they also looked like they should have been a great European roster. I guess that's the one thing you could be a little scared of here if you're a Spitfire fan. Uh, like last year, they also looked like they had a bunch of British Hurricane players and they were going to be good, but they ended up not being good. Uh, but I think I, I think these players are a little bit better this time around. Maybe a better coach will help. All right, off-season grade. How do you grade uh, all these pickups everyone they dropped do you think they dropped and they kept the right players joe do you think they got that good new head coach in there uh what what do you think uh about all the moves london spitfire made this year what grade would you give it yeah that's a good question uh i think um you you know just for for my own sake and and laying all this stuff out honestly i think i'm looking um maybe even well, I, I don't know. In terms of uh, in terms of difference from last year, in particular, I think I'm looking uh, even a little bit lower than um, than Vancouver, but not by a lot. Um, again, just while we're making you know direct connections as far as these teams go, um, um, because yeah, this was a team that they exactly um, the, as you laid out, you know, kept some of their really important pieces, um, uh, whether that's Sparker, whether that's Hattie, um, etc. Um, uh, he, he, and and made some some good steps and some key roles, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. As I'm saying it, it sounds kind of hypocritical, but you know, in comparison to what I was what I was talking about Vancouver, but um, the but in in the case of London, um, uh, I I don't uh, I, I'm not as confident that that um, these sort of limited changes are gonna. Um, come up with with similar results and again that I, I don't know that i have um a, a lot of concrete stuff to back that up um uh versus you know just you know feelings and and, and predictions and that kind of thing but um but, but i i that being said i don't think i don't think i would say at all that london had a had a bad off season um and, and i am definitely excited to see how this team um you, you know how, how it looks how things um, shape up as as the league continues. Um, so for for an off season grade, I don't know. I think I, it's um, uh, th- th- I think they they definitely end up with a, a solid 
uh, I don't know, solid B minus, I think. I, I probably graded, uh, probably graded uh, Guangzhou too high <laughs> with this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe me too. Uh, but uh, London for me, I uh, I'm impressed with their offseason. I think grabbing someone like Poco, who seemingly never dies, um, like I, I don't know. I've criticized the fusion for keeping Poco in the past, and it has it has failed on me every time. I feel like obviously last year's like a unique situation where Poco just wasn't able to play most of the year. Um, but most of the time I have, I have gone into every season with Poco just being like, okay, this is the year. Like he finally kind of just stops being good. Right. Never happens. Um, I did this year is the first year I have full expectations. Like, yeah, he is not dead. Um, and this was a good signing, especially from his old coach and Christopher, uh, reuniting those two. Uh, so I, I'm very impressed with that signing. I think they kept the perfect three players. I think the one argument you could make is like Shaq's maybe wasn't that amazing last year, but I still think he's a good enough player to keep. Uh, While well, you got Hottie and Sparker, who are definitely your two players who are the most promising from last year. So I'm glad you kept those two. As far as backbone provide an admiral go, a lot is going to depend on these players. So um, you're going to hope that these that these were good signings, but according to the European contender scene, they're hype players. Um, we'll see how good they are because the contender scene always hypes up contenders. Players going into Overwatch League, great. They always want them to be good. Um, we'll see how good they are, but in general, I will give London a B because I, I, I definitely think this was an improvement of last year, and I don't think they, even though they went 1-15, I don't think they necessarily needed a full rebuild of everything i definitely think they had some promising talent um and i think the coaching change is a big big part of it so i will give them a b um yeah i think they didn't make any insane like big star signings or anything like that but i think this is a roster that could surprise for sure all right how about overwatch 2 joe how, how do you think this team fares in 5v5 play yeah that's that's definitely the question um that's um, I don't know. This, this has been difficult this whole time, uh, and it's hard to uh, come up with with you know something unique for London um, uh, that that we haven't already mentioned about some of these other teams. Um, and I, th- I think there's there's definitely going to be going to be parallels here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'll instead of a you know potential hurdle, I'll highlight again. Um, just that um, the tank rotation, I think, is going to be interesting to see um, to, to see how that uh, gets worked out by you know through the coaching and everything. Um, again, because of um, the, you know the way Poco is often used as a tank player, um, and the way uh, Hadi has been uh, in that in that main tank role and really you know successful uh, in that main tank role, um, and the way uh, the, the way teams have to sort of uh, end up, we'll probably end up having to sort of flex in and out of that. Um, it's definitely going to be going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, it's hard to analyze the team on Overwatch Two in general, Joe. We have no clue what this game's going to be like. But based off of like the guesses we have, um, once again, you have Sparker and Shacks. I I am clinging to this DPS carry thing, but those two players, they you know, Shaxx is fairly good at Tracer. Sparker's also really good at carrying. Um, they could definitely, and Tracer as well. 
Um, and Hitscan, he's got a great Widow, so um, and and Widow could be very good and, and just busted an Overwatch too as well. So, yeah, I think they are they they could fare very well as far as that goes. Um, the tank line is very interesting, and it just feels like support. The reason we haven't even mentioned support as far as five v get five goes, like all we've heard about so far is it feels like supports have no impact on the game at all. So we don't know what to think about support yet. But yeah, in general, I think London is there's no downside here. This isn't like the Titans who only have one tank or anything like that. Like I think they still should be good for five v five. You have young players as well, pretty much. Like Sparker just turned eighteen. Um, who are still probably invigorated by Overwatch and still and are very excited about the new game. So, yeah, I don't see why why Overwatch Two would be a downside for this team. I don't see anything any reasons why. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the London Spitfire uh, in general here um, for for Overwatch Two and, and and for this season. We're both. It looks like we both are hoping this team could do better for sure. Um, no one in fifteen teams. I mean, there won't be. Maybe at some point there will be. But at the end of the season, no one will be 1-15. I can guarantee that. Um, all right. Uh, that's all we got for those three teams' team previews. Clearly, we have content back, Joe. Our 30-minute episodes have gone up an entire hour. It is good Pretty to be impressive. back. Yes. Um, and we will be back next week with more previews. That's right. Next week, not two weeks. We are going <laughs> weekly. Um, with uh, Florida Boston, uh, maybe New York Excelsior. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how many players the LA Valiant pick up by next week. Um, yeah. uh, Hangzhou Spark could possibly be involved. We don't know exactly. We'll have to wing it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, expect some of those uh, teams that placed on the lower half to be involved. But yeah, um, wow, it's f- almost five weeks away from the start. So. Five weeks from uh, this, like Thursday, right or Friday? Yep. Does it start yeah, five on Thursday? weeks from from Thursday? Yep. Awesome! So exciting. Uh, well, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at jwgeorgeiv and Joe is at kirkpatrick underscore inc inc. And our show's Twitter is at on the flank show. You're listening in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we're on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Play. Thank you guys for listening to our first team preview. Uh, Enjoy another week of hopefully some more Overwatch 2 news before our next team previews.